are back. Devil of a Conversation. Thank you so much for subscribing, downloading, rating, reviewing. You have a whole homework list uh, before you can do anything else. Uh, I am here with Adam Henrique, who is no stranger to social media. That's going to be one of the things we discuss, and also the state of the team, and also his place on the team. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's you know one of those things where the uh, the popularity of a player with with regard to fans comes with a certain sense of responsibility. We can immediately go to 2012 and, and focus on that. But what is it like to be? I don't want to say face of a franchise, but one of the faces that people grow to. They 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 t- tend to follow the most. Uh, it's great. Um, you know, it's. Uh obviously a position you know when I came into the league that you know there were already a number of guys that were the face of the fan- franchise um you know older guys that have been around the league for a long time you know legends of the game um you know and I was just trying to find my way to to be here be an everyday player um you know to get people to recognize me to get people to know me um you know to fit in in the team um and be an everyday player that was effective so um, you know, obviously those were some goals of mine, uh, from day one, um, to get to that next level, to, to become, um, you know, leader on the team and be an established, uh, player. And, you know, over the course of the, my first year, um, obviously making the playoffs and making those runs, uh, are a big part of that. And then just trying to take strides from there to grow my game as a player, um, on the ice, off the ice, um, you know, around uh, New Jersey, it all plays into that. It seems like there is a concerted effort um, that people want the players that play for this franchise to be seen. And it's part of marketing, it's part of anything with a sports franchise, but in this area, you know, people know the logo and they know the tradition of the franchise. But the faces—it's—it's—it's it's, it's something that hockey always, always deals with. What's your thought on the role of the hockey player while a franchise is trying to sell hockey? Um, you know, the team always comes first. Um, you know, I think is the is the, is the biggest thing. Um, you know, we all we're all here. We play we play for the Devils. We play for each other, um, and that comes first. Um, you know, obviously coming in when I did. Um, you know, no social media, any of that sort of thing, um, which was, you know, something that, that you know, helped me um, just become who I am. It was, it was just a part of, um, you know, whether it's your personality or just, just kind of learning the ways. Um, obviously with Lou, um, you know, it's all about playing for the team. Um, you know, every single night you have to contribute on the ice, Um you know, and it's not always scoring scoring the goals or, or making the big plays. Uh, there's a lot of things that go unseen, um, you know, that add up to, to getting a win at the end of the night. And that was always the, the one big thing that we stressed. Uh, you have to have to be able to play for each other um, and play for the logo on the front and not the name on the back. Um, and I feel I've always felt that, you know, the more you do, the more success you have as a team. Um, obviously, the more uh, success individuals have and it just kind of grows one with the other so um you know that's something that that i've always noticed uh even even before making it to the nhl um you know the more success the team has the better success individuals have 
the name Henrique is the answer when any Ranger fan, obnoxious Ranger fan, I can say, you don't have to say that, says Mateau. And it all of a sudden becomes um, this part of devil's lore. Take me back, not to the goal. We, look, we, you've broken down that, <laughs> that enough. We don't need to go there. But take me back to the weeks that followed after that season had ended, that part of history, that part of the rivalry, that part of what has become stuff of legend. Um, what was your reaction then? Was it a great sense of pride? Was there a responsibility that came with it? Take me back to the time after that goal. Um, I mean, you know, right at the time, I mean, right after, it's just, you know, move past it and, and focus on the next series. But, um, you know, after all was said and done, um, you know, you look back at the entire run and obviously that goal playing a big part of it and, and the rivalry, um, you know, and then you kind of see, once you take a step back and look back at everything, you kind of see how much it, it meant to a lot of people and um, obviously heard a lot of stories, talked to a lot of fans, uh, you know, everybody tells you where they were when it happened, where then they tell you where they were in 94 when it happened sure. and, and every, you know, it gets compared and, um, you know, for me growing up, uh, you know, the 94 one is one of the goals that you always see on, on the top plays and um, and then to be able to come in and, you know, everybody talked about 94 is going to be the same thing, this and that. Um, and we still had guys on the team that, that played then, you know, and uh, which I think just all kind of played a huge part of it. And, and obviously the team, our team, you know, we're not see, seen as a favorite going into that series. Um, but we believed in each other and then, um, you know, just had that big of an impact, um, you know, even now. And obviously I think down the road that goal is still, you know, the biggest of my career. And, and you know, fans still get excited talking to you about it and, and telling you that their stories. Um, and, you know, you love, I love, I still love looking at the pictures and seeing the fans' reactions in the background, whether it's Devils fans or Rangers fans in the crowd. Um, so it's, uh, you know, obviously it comes with with, with some responsibility after that um, in, in wanting, you know, to to create more of those um, opportunities or, or chances in, in the future, not even just against the Rangers, but in pivotal games, uh, you know, throughout the season and obviously having to, having to get back into playoffs and finding a way to make more of those moments. Hockey seems to be more about rivalries than, than anything else. And, I think people in the Northeast are spoiled, you know, having lived out West where it was thousands of miles to see your closest rival. Um, I thought some of those rivalries were fake, you know, um, but to have the Rangers and the Islanders and the flyer just, just so close by. And it's so easy for fans. To, yes, you can have a, a respect, but there's this hatred. There's this, this, it, the, the best word is rivalry, but, you know, like fans listening to this want to hear you say, yes, we hate their guts. But there are professionals on their teams and there are some nice people on, the, on those organizations. What is a rivalry and what is it like to be a devil in the midst of all these rivals? Uh, there's always a uh, different level in those games, no matter when they are. If it's the first game of the year or, or if it's uh, in the playoffs uh, in a you know clinching game. Um, there's always an extra level, no matter what, especially around here. You, with teams being so close, um, it, you know it's great to see our fans in their building. Uh, their fans always come to our building. Uh, you know, it, you see them everywhere. So it's uh, 
and then you hear about the train stories too when they're running into each other on the trains it was always oh, i hated the train story yeah. <laughs> those are always interesting too so um you know there's just so much that plays into it i think be, because you know the teams are so close uh mileage wise um it's right there and you know you, you do hate them i mean you, you you hate it and you love it at the same time because you, you want to play in those games where it's amped up to another level um you know i just feel it brings out the best in in every player no matter what um and then you need that too to, to have success in those rivalries you need the best from from everybody on your team and you need to be able to find uh you know an extra level from your game um for those moments so uh you know i've always enjoyed playing in them and it always seems to to bring out the best in, in me and everybody else i'll i'll take a leap here this might not be on the podcast What's the biggest difference between a Devil fan and a Ranger fan? Um, Besides class. Yeah, I don't know if I can answer <laughs> that one. That's a, I don't know what the big, you know, I don't know what the biggest difference would be. I'm not on the trains to see what goes down. Well, on. well, first of all, the train going. I lived in the city after the year. I don't have the year in front of me, but the year that the Rangers swept the Devils, and it was here. That train ride was. The, the, that was the worst. I, I literally would, would rather walk. It was it was so obnoxious. But it's funny because the Rangers have these grand numbers, but when you're a Devil fan, it just seems like they know more. It, it, not smarter. It, it, I don't want to say that. They just know more about the players. They know more about things. You know, a Devil fan already knows that Miles Wood is fast. I don't know that a Ranger fan connects that. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think with our fan base, it's, um, you know, obviously the New York and, and it's such a big place that there's a lot, a lot of people, you know, just right. it's all about the Rangers and the New York teams. And um, maybe maybe some of them just, you know, don't know uh, certain things about the players or, or details. Um you know that a lot of our fans do and, and you know i see it when, when we're out and we just run into people and and, and they do so they they put the face with the name and the team right. and, and then they know you know stats and, and this and that and they're going on and sometimes i don't even know what they tell me a stat and i'm like oh nice that's pretty good i, I didn't even know about that you know and uh so it's always fun running into people um you know around town and and, and listening to their stories and um you know obviously as the players we always enjoy that I would imagine um, in this particular season, um, the best way to describe it is stops and starts. There's two steps forward, two steps back. It just seems like anytime you, you turn a corner, there's something else that happens. How would you characterize, in your estimation, what kind of a season this one has been? Um, you know, we, we just have to find a way to be more consistent in our game, um, you know, from day to day, opponent to opponent. You know, it's... Um, there's a way to win every game, you know, no matter who you're playing, whether it's the last place team or the first place team. I mean, everybody in the league is so good um, that if you're not on top of your game, you're you're going to lose. Um, so I think us, you know, finding consistency, um, you know, night in and night out with the details of the game um, is one of the biggest things. You know, I felt at times where we've had it and then we shoot ourselves in the foot with a few mistakes that end up in our net. Um, and then you know, going the other way offensively, um, you know, there's just opportunities where uh, it just doesn't seem to go in for you. And, I mean, you know, we had a great start to the season. 
um, you know, in the first 12 games or so. Um, and then obviously had a, had a bad stretch too uh, months or so ago. But, um, you know, you just have to find a way um, to stay even killed and stay consistent in your game. Um, you know, it's we, we drop the systems every single night for every team, um, you know, change certain things. And, you know, at times it, it is uh, it's working and you don't score. Um, and then, you, you know, you get a little frustrated and, and tend to drift away from it. Uh, we I just have to find a way to be consistent in, in, in the game plan and the details of the game. Um, and, and it will pay off eventually. And I think um, that's what an area where we need to grow uh, as a team to really get to that next level. Uh, we've had Travis on the show. We've had Camilleri on the show. It's funny how it's taken so long to get you on the show. I mean, your handlers must have been, must have been blocking you. Um but it seems also that the young players, they, they preach Hines. Like, they, they, they dig him. Um, it's, as a veteran player, what do you characterize? What is his greatest strength as a coach? The thing that is frustrating for fans when this team goes through a hiccup, like you were just saying, is there's something here. There's a nucleus here. There's a group here. There's, there's something. And Coach Hines seems to be at the center of that. How do you characterize what the greatest thing about him is? Um, I mean, it's 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 cut and dry, really. Um, there's there's not really any gray areas where, you know, we're on the ice and you're in between somewhere. I mean, there, there's a cut and dry system every single night. Um, like I said, it changes from team to team. You know, no, no matter who we're playing, it's always cut and dry. They do a great job. You know, breaking down film, not just not just uh, Heinze, but but the whole the whole, the whole staff. Um, you know, the PK, the power play, everything is broken down for us, and um, and that's an area where it's, you know the details of the game um, are there. You know, faceoffs, uh, whatever it may be within the game, it, it's there, and and I think we just have to do, uh, you know, as players, um, you know, a little better job at times just sticking with the details or, or just knowing your assignments and little things like that where um, you know especially now where games are so tight from now to the end of the year that uh, it can be just one of those mistakes that, that ends up costing you um, a point or two points and, and I mean even when especially when you're in the playoffs that's that's the way it is you know you're not there's no blowouts it's every single game is so big um, that the mistakes are you know magnified um, so you know, he does a great job, you know, motivating the guys, um, you know, showing it on film. Um, and, you know, we, you know, they teach us and learn how it works, why it works, and, and why we have to play that way in order to win. Um, so, you know, he, they do a great job, you know, every single day. There's There's different levels of how much coaching – plays a role in an athlete's performance and I'll give you two sides of the pendulum and I'm curious where hockey fits in um in baseball managers barely talk to the players like there is never like a pep talk (laughs) if that happens it's usually because they've lost 10 in a row whereas in football there's speeches at halftime there's speeches constantly where does hockey fall in the pendulum it's not every day but it's also not once a week yeah I mean it's uh I, I mean, when you put it like that, it's more so towards the football side of things. I mean, there's so many, um, you know, our game is so fast. Um, there's so many 
uh, split second decisions that you have to be able to break down um, and obviously do correctly uh, to have success. I mean, there's so many plays, um, you know, in baseball, it's the pitcher versus the batter. And, you know, the plays they have are, you know, if they're going to steal or there's a hit and run or something like that. And it's, football. it's a chess match. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, football, there there's so many plays that everybody has to be on the same page um, on every single one. And, you know, our game, uh, you know, on ice obviously is, is, is fast. And um, you need to make those be able to make those decisions so quickly that, you know, the coaches can tell you on the bench you know, where a mistake was made or, or, or correct something. Um, but really, I mean, in between periods, they can go over the big systems of things and talk to the entire team. Um, so it's, you know, I'd say we're more on the football end of the spectrum on that one. Finally, and I don't know that this is the end of the podcast, but this is the last topic of the podcast, uh, Twitter. When you first heard of it, what was your reaction and – where were you in your career when you said, "Oh, this is something that's for me"? Um, we were a few years into my career. Uh, you know, I mean, coming in, there was no social media here or anything. I mean, obviously, Twitter was was the big thing. Um, you know, early on, it was never. I mean, it never never bothered me that we didn't have it or anything. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of positives that can come from it. There's negatives too, which we, you know we've seen in this in the sports world and I mean everywhere else. I mean the everybody is accessible and everybody has um you know a camera no matter where you are people people know you if they don't know you you know even if you don't think so it's gonna make media obsolete yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is what you're hoping for yeah exactly but uh i mean you know the information that you can put out there um you instantly connect to so many people you know worldwide really and it's uh you know it can be a great tool um you know, if you use it in the, the right ways or at the right times. Um, but again, you, you can get yourself caught up in things that, um, you know, end up being a distraction from, you know, our job day to day. And, you know, we've certainly seen a number of cases like that. But, um, you know, for me, once, um, you know, once we did get involved with it, like, you know, you said before, there's, you know, faces of the team or the organization. Um, and it really is a good way for us to be able to connect with the fans um you know to get to know us you know as a person our personalities you know everybody's different um and that's a way that we can reach out and 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 get in touch with people or you know show them different side of you know us at the rink um you know we talk to you guys give you a lot of the same answers a lot of times and and, you know this podcast excluded yeah this podcast excluded <laughs> but uh you know you can have some fun with it i mean you know with teammates we you know we joke back and forth on certain things um and it's just a good reach, way to reach out to people and you know people reach out to us too and you know at times um you know it's nice to be able to to get back to them um to say you know thank you or, or um or you know things of that nature um so it, it, it's a, I think it's a great tool to have. Um, you just have to be smart about how you use it. Well, there's also something from you, and I, I just know this from following you on Twitter, when you were standing up for a charity, you make that your priority, but you don't dominate it. So it does seem like it comes from you. And there's something about that. I, you know, Somebody on Twitter once advised that 
40% of your tweets can be um, promotional, but if, as long as 60% of your tweets are your personality, that makes the promotional stuff carry more weight. Um, you've gotten involved, the mustaches, the, the, the things that you've gotten involved with uh, that have supported great causes, it seems like this is something that can be a, a beneficial thing. Like how much does does that help you want to be on on Twitter? Well, it's it's great. It's a you know it makes it a little easier to be able to to get those things out there. Um, you know, rather than us just being you know within the rank and, and here, you know, we're able to reach out to more people to get you know these good causes that you know we want to be a part of and help out um to show the fans that and you know like you said i you know i tried to not get too uh caught up in things but you know when we do have you know every month there's a different charity that has um you know big events and you love to be be able to be a part of it and and promote it and show it and, and have fun with it at the same time you know um which you try to do with different things and um, you know, obviously the November uh, for me has been a big one. Um, and, you know, simply that started because I can grow a good mustache. Right. <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. So that's why this should be a video podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, and and you know, I just have have fun with it, and I've talked to the you know the guys at the foundation, and, and you know they love it, and, and you know it's for a great cause. And you know, other guys get behind different charities, and they have their own foundations, and. It's a great way to, to reach out to people to, you know, show the cause that you're fighting for, trying to raise money for, um, and at the same time, you're, you're able to have some fun with it. Last thing, I, I, last question. Do you keep in touch with and how much do you keep in touch with either Zach Parise or Ilya Kovalchuk? <laughs> uh, there hasn't been any, no... Uh, not much contact with Colts. He's not on Twitter. He's he's not tweeting you, asking you about your mustache. He's not. No, but uh, there's there's a con, you know contact with Zach once in a while. Um, he usually gets on me about uh, some of my posts once in a while, um, but uh, you know chat once in a while. And obviously, when you play them, you see them and and talk to them. But um, other than that, not not a whole lot. But you stay in touch once in a while. You're allowed to have friends. Yeah. It, yeah. Look, I told Scott Gomez this on the podcast. It's not like he went to the Rangers. Yeah. He went to the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, it's a little different. He he went home, I guess. But, uh, you know, obviously two great teammates there. <laughs> Rico, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Adam Henrique, folks, thank you for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, he's on Twitter, so if you have any complaints about this podcast, direct them right to him. I want nothing to do with it. We'll talk to you next time.